Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Welcome back to another episode of the Wooten Wise Show. Yeah, that's right. I'm introing again. It's Josh Woot with Josh Wise. That little why, why, why part that you yeah, did pe- in reminded people, me of. People don't know that we do that live every single time. <laughs> We're very consistent and even have Al- um, Axel Whitehead in here live just for that part. Yeah, no, that's... and he hangs around to he the really, lines he really well. hates it. He really hates it, but yeah. you know we have him on retainer. It's great. It's great work. That why, why, why part reminded me of uh, Prestige Worldwide. Why, why, Step Brothers, uh, we, we talked about uh, Step Brothers last week, so we won't talk about them this week. But uh, this week's comedy duo yeah. is the Wooten Wire <laughs> The uh, normally for the intro, we talk about stuff that's happened during the week, and you know a little bit of you know some fun stuff that's happened in the news or stuff that's going on in our lives. But uh, we're, we're going to do this as a sort of an exercise here. I don't know, I guess meditation. I, guess, uh, I don't think it is meditation. Ooh. But we're going to try and air out some grievances with our teams before we start the show, just so that we're more focused for the rest of the show. Because if it's weighing on our minds too much, oh, mate, we're going to be in trouble. I don't care who you are, how nice we're, you are to me. I've been taken out on everyone. Every, it's, it's, we're, we're passionate. and uh, yeah. So we, why don't you start us off? Your Eagles lost to Redskins. You also made it your lock of the week and lost. I said that you were setting yourself up for d- disaster with that. But uh, and it happened. Air out your grievances. I was having a decent week with the tipping. Air, yeah, we did well. I haven't quite calculated, but looking through, we did, it was probably our best week today. But apart from that, yeah. All right. Well, I aired it out pretty much last week. But um, go again. Round two. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Carson Wentz isn't to blame, and the guy's already—he's already putting the weight of the team on his shoulders. You know, taking, saying, you know, I need to be better and things like. Mate, you're doing very well. He's yep. not. And there was a patch during that game where he wasn't on the field for like 20 minutes. So that is the concerning part. So, okay, admittedly, that is also that also has to do with um, Washington. And Washington, unfortunately for Philadelphia, played their best game of the year. And that's not all Philadelphia is doing. Sometimes they just gel. Sometimes, you know, teams just have good weeks some weeks. And that's, I think that's part of what happened today. Um, today, this week. And, yeah, but like we were alluding could... Two that could possibly happen. That was a bad sentence. Um, Shocking. Big V, Big V, who stepped in to replace Lane Johnson, had a rude awakening. Hello, potato, potato, vatai. Hello, potato, vatai. That's right. Um, but yeah, so he had a rude awakening and got destroyed. You know when? Um, yeah, mate. He made he made Remmers look good. Wow. I know. Anyway, so. So Big V, you know, you know when a tackle kind of just, I don't know, like experienced tackles, even no matter how big they are, they're very light on their feet and they can just bounce back. Yeah, they anticipate. Yeah, well. exactly. He anticipates by stepping back like an entire meter, and that just doesn't work. By just that dip time, inside, right? by that time, you're going up against Ryan Kerrigan, which is, you know, He's a good. tough, a tough first task. But Ryan Kerrigan gets, you know, a meter to just launch himself at you. You're not gonna, you, you've got no chance. So anyway, they got five sacks on Wentz, which was the, you know, the biggest sack total for any team against the Eagles this year. But, um, 
Yeah, when they when they were one funny thing that happened. Did you see the did you see the the Facebook live thing with Patterson? No. So you know how Facebook Live's doing that whole thing yep. and you can send emojis and stuff while they're talking. Mm-hmm. Well, he was talking about Big V and as he was talking about Big V and all the Philadelphia fans were watching... The eggplanting? No, just a thousand <laughs> red faces oh, okay. just covered him. I'll show you a photo were as we're talking. towards the Big V. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, so... Oh. Anyway, so most of the screen of, is covered by little angry faces, but yeah, yeah it's funny. Oh, so it's like, oh, it's like uh, on Periscope it's where like you can Periscope love heart, but love this heart. you can actually do angry. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, that, that was frustrating. But the other thing is, uh, like what killed us last week with the penalties, I thought, you know, it couldn't get any worse. There was 14. Well, they didn't go worse. They went 13 penalties this week, so they went one less, but they gave up more yardage. So at the current rate, it's going to be the third worst amount like the third highest number of penalties in yep. NFL history at this current rate. Yep. So that which is just insane. Too many. And the fact that Philadelphia despite, you know, not playing well on offense and their two um touchdowns coming one from a re- um a kick return or a punt return and pick six. Yeah, and a pick six. So you've there's a lot of room for improvement, but at the same time remove some of those penalties, even half of them, and they could have won by a significant amount or whatever. But saying that, taking nothing away from Washington, Washington did play their best game of the year. They played well. Yeah, that's their first legitimate win for me. Like, when I look through on their record, that's a legit win. You won that game, tick. Well done, Washington. Kirk Cousins still, like, Still did stupid things. Yeah. He, the that was probably his six, best the pick, game, though. The pick six? Yeah. That was it on him. That was a terrible throw. Yeah. We vined it. Not good. Not a good decision. But there, I thought his game, that was probably his best game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it my, wasn't hard. My rant is going to be a lot more violent than yours. So I'm glad we ease people into you just complaining about a few penalties and some emojis and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Mine is full-blown disaster. I am... Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Trying to stay calm. And it's not, it's not happening. You know what? I think it could be a blessing in disguise. I think you write off the season, get a high pick, get, you know. Get Miles Garrett. (laughs) Invest in someone, you know, terrific, uh, like, a high pick, and then, obviously, they'll have to get rid of the, uh, Fire Chuck Pagano. He is terrible. Both of them. So is Gregson, but he is terrible. Terrible, 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 terrible. That was one of the worst performances I've ever seen. We made Brock Osweiler look good in the fourth quarter. You know your defense is shocking when Brock Osweiler burns you for touchdowns and and fourth quarter comebacks. That was just a revolting display. Andrew Luck obviously couldn't make a couple of throws at the end, but we lost a lot of... Dwayne Allen went down, Philip Dorsett went down. We lost a lot of talent. Oh, not talent, but bodies. You know what, though? Luck had a chance to put that game to bed. He did. He did have a chance, and he... Underthrew T.Y. Hilton by a Don't a you thread. dare say by a thread. That was, that was a, a close <laughs> throw. And then Chuck Pagano has the hide to come onto the podium and just sprout just cliche after cliche. We've got to keep grinding. We've got to do this. Got to keep pounding. Just enough. Just off. And I just spent the entire after that game retweeting Chuck Stay because Colts fans thought it was really good because he's a nice guy, Woot. He's a nice guy. So that means that you can coach a team to a Super Bowl if you're a nice guy. It's not a cutthroat world, the NFL, as long as you're it's nice. Not. Where do nice guys finish, Woot? Nice guys finish last. <laughs> I missed that. I've got to edit that out. That's going to that's be edited. <laughs> oh, it is so frustrating. And Grigson's not good. And Mike Tannier, great writer uh, for Bleacher Report, one of the best. He did an article a few weeks ago looking at the Pagano, Grigson, and who to blame, and he just broke it down play by play. Like he said, look, the Dorset pick was not a good pick, but he's not being used this way because of Chuck Pagano's coaching. Such and such isn't a good free agent signing. 
but he's not being used effectively because of Chuck Pagano's game planning. And Chuck Pagano, on fourth and one, decides to line up in the shotgun in the red zone. It's not good. It's not. That's the wrong formation. You're up by. It's a bold strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. I, I don't mind going for going for it. You know, I always like it. But in this situation, I think they should have kicked the field goal because of their defense. You, you take the points. He's just terrible. The whole team is terrible. We've had 30 different O-line combinations and 60 starts for Andrew Luck. That's not ideal. He's getting absolutely pummeled. I think he's been pretty good this year compared to last year. Obviously, he was very hurt last year, but it's just it's not a good it's not a good environment. It's a toxic environment. It starts at the top as well. Jim Ursay, you, you walk into a meeting about to fire Chuck Pagano and the guy leaves with a four-year extension. How does that happen? Are you kidding me? Oh, are you kidding me? Come on, you got to be kidding me. How does that happen? Hey, man, it's, he's a nice guy. Unbelievable. I just... Nice guy, Chuck. Hashtag it. Man, I, as someone that, you know, if I'm ever about to get fired, I'll idolize Pagato for that because that's incredible. Like, it's magi- it's magician's work, what he did. And Paganoing. So, you know, if you've ever done that, walked to a meeting about to get fired, and let us know because that's in- honestly very, very impressive. And then Osweiling. I've made it up. It's a term, Osweiling, where you're being severely overpaid in a position you play. It's He is the most overpaid, overrated most quarterback. Of the, most, he was a lot terrible. Of he was terrible. I'm just over the Colts, over this defense. It's frustrating. Did it hurt um, more that you lost to Osweiler? It did. That was the one um, game I really wanted to mate, win. So sour, and he wanted to. I really wanted Osweiler to beat Osweiler, well. and then it just and turned. Then he the narrative went, just, then, he, then God, Osweiler went clutch. Osweiler mess- went clutch. We were messaging. He played, he played bad, but he went clutch when he. <laughs> we had were to. messaging each other today about what we were going to talk about in the pod today. Um, you know, we want to get it up as soon yeah. as possible. You did, you did say Osweiler was better, and I mentioned. Um, how bad Osweiler was, and then you wrote, but he won. I'm like, yep, so that means he's better than Luck. <laughs> Ten-minute rant to start the show about how our teams are terrible, and we're moving. Well, your team's all right, but how my team is terrible. But now we've got a clear mind. Let's talk about a team that played terribly on the weekend, Steelers. You were right, Woot. You picked, you picked Miami. Mate, follow the trends. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's under 500 on the ro- in his career on the road against teams with a less than 0.300 winning percent. So now he is. Wait, what was the stat originally? Uh, don't don't Fif- even. No, you couldn't even remember it on Friday. No, How are you going to remember it today? So it is 16 of the last 18 games they yep. have lost when being favoured by that much away from home. Yeah, unbelievable. Just laid an absolute egg. Um, even with Big Ben on the field, you called it. Big Ben. They do these all the time. Tampa Bay was the one I was thinking of on Saturday a couple of years ago. They they went into Tampa Bay and lost a lot of Mike Glennon. It, it, it was, was the ridiculous. Same, it was the same thing. They everyone loaded up on the money when it was um they were playing the Jets mm. and it was I know you and I loaded. Yep. You know. Yep. A handsome amount of yeah it was good. That was, that was, that one was fine because they're at home. Totally mm-hmm. different story. This was a game I left out of all my bets because I was really worried about it uh, for the show. I had to pick it and I just physically could not bring myself to pick. Miami at all, but uh, they they fine. played better. They they got rid of the uh, they got rid of those offensive line and they actually blocked a lot better. And yeah. so Ryan 30th, Tannehill played a lot better when he has time. Thirtieth, thirtieth, um, you know, firing or sacking of a player. Yeah, just turned he's, out to be he's actually it's it's actually seventeen players that he's like, it's and they he benched Mario Williams who. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, clapping bloody Byron Maxwell who just shut down Antonio Brown. So the guy Byron can't, Maxwell shut down corner. I know the guy can't do Jack. Oh god, it doesn't even work. Anyway, yeah, so it's um yeah, that was amazing. The guy the guy who is, you know, the butt of all jokes, 
has just come out and shut down, you know, the number one wide receiver in the league. So, you know, he's going to lay an egg next week about whoever he's playing. Like he'll let, he'll just let, he'll get torched by some mediocre wide receiver. Like Justin Hunter will torch him mm-hmm. when they play the Titans. Oh, they've already played the Titans, but I'll for, oh, sorry, the the Bills. But we'll work it. Actually, they are playing the Bills. <laughs> yeah, Robert just, Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods will torch by Maxwell, but not Antonio Brown. But anyway, the big talking point out of this game, and for our news, Ben Roethlisberger has been diagnosed with a torn left meniscus and requires surgery. He had the surgery, a meniscectomy. I can't say the word properly. Meniscectomy. He he had the removal of all or part of his torn meniscus uh, today. Sounds pretty serious, but apparently it's just a a slight like repair, and the the word is that he will miss this week. How how good does the chips fall for New England? It was drilled up to be an AFC blockbuster. They now get to face Landry Jones. Last year, they played Pittsburgh in the opener without Le'Veon Bell. It's just, it works an absolute dream for them, despite losing Brady for four weeks. But apart from that, yeah, since, it's then, it's, terrific. since then, it's, no, it's, it's really roses. Has. And they're just... But anyway. Uh, so whether he misses more time will be interesting, but they have the week eight bye. So there's there's reports that he will be back for week nine. So it's not as serious as first thought, but... Uh, Roethlisberger being out and the Steelers laying an egg. It it's, seems to be a common occurrence for the Steelers. Very, it's weirdly inconsistent. Yeah, and like I, I know people are gonna people are gonna see this and like if you didn't watch the game or anything, you're gonna you're gonna see the box score and then you're gonna hear the reports that Roethlisberger got hurt and things like that, and they're gonna say, "Up, oh, Big Ben got hurt." Okay, yeah. Miami were dominating this game mm. from the very beginning. Yeah. There was yeah. no, there was like it didn't look like the Steelers had anything. No. It was you a, let Jay Ajayi run for 200 yards. By the way, shout out to Jay Ajayi, who, who like has received so much crap from every angle. Yep. And has just, you know... Played well. Killed it. Over yeah. 200 yards. 204 yeah. yards. A lot of that on the Steelers. But like, like one run, there was one run where he just was like a Bronco, like a wild Bronco. Well, he played for Boise State. That's why I said Broncos. But uh, he, he ran, like, galloped down the field. It was a... But Darius Hayward Bay did the same thing in the openings quarter. That was, he was fast, man. That oh, was he, he's always been quick. It's, it's just more. He's, uh, he's got pan hands. Yeah. Anyway, Little so Ben, ben Roethlisberger out. If he's out for a long, longer than we think, it's an absolute panic button because if Landry he's out Jones. Long, longer than we think. Landry Jones. You gotta be kidding me! I mean, how do you watch the? I mean, yeah, he stinks. He stinks. He yeah, stinks. Uh, Vontae's Burfix embroiled in another hit controversy, this time with a low hit on Patriots tight end Martellus Bennett. Uh, according to Re- Ian Rappaport, there's going to be a review on the play. It will follow standard prese- procedure, uh, but Rap Sheet notes that we should expect a big fine and not a suspension for Burfix. Bennett said after the game that Burfix apologized for the low blow. He said he didn't try to do it. It's just part of the game. Stuff happens. And then you look at Burfick's history, it's going to be a huge factor in the discipline. The 26-year-old linebacker has been suspended. Uh, he was suspended for the first three games for repeated offences, and he's been fined four times alone in 2015. Yeah, well, obviously, if they're saying, you know, suspension, I mean, uh, fine and not suspension, I know he just had a suspension, and it looks like things haven't changed. Yeah, he but, hasn't learnt. No, he hasn't learnt, but at the same time, like, he's had more fines than suspensions. I say double the suspension. The guy's a grub. The guy's... He is a, a grub. I, the one thing I'll say about this, and the exact actual play they're looking at, Martellus Bennett was standing still and had his back turned, which makes that a, a grubby, grubby play. Yeah. But people were having a go at him for other hits where he took Gronk while he was moving. I'll say this about Gronk and Martellus Bennett. They're massive guys. Oh, you, I, you have to take exactly. them low. You have to. The only way you can bring them down is... You go you know, high, you just get palmed off. I know. It's, it's just too hard. But in this play, 
He, and, and it's perfect. So you have history. It's kind of like Nadomikin Sue a couple of weeks ago where he accidentally stood on someone. It was an actual accident. He just yeah. like, oh, Nadomikin Sue at ankle. Suspend him. But in this time. And standing on someone. Yeah, just, it's yeah. like, <laughs> Monte's perfect is literally insane. No, I know. If it was, if it was a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone and not be like, Racial stereotype, anything, or like, I mean, say, say, good guy Connor Barwin, yeah, did the same thing, and he got like, you can imagine him doing it, and then immediately like standing over him, and being like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. kind of thing. Where Perfect is not yeah. that kind of guy, no. and he's just like, "Nah." Thomas Davis, another him. another really great guy. Yeah, totally different story, but the history's there on paper, and that's going to influence the fine. It's like any legal system. The I rap hope sheet's it's there. Huge. I, I hope it is, yeah, but monstrous. Maybe. If he's not learning a suspension, he did apologize. I don't know how hollow or how meaningful no, yeah, it was. That, that's one thing you can say for him. He's very thoughtful and meaningful with his words. <laughs> Charles Crawford. <laughs> who, who, Greg Hardy and Burfict having a fight in MMA? Oh, oh my, my money's on Burfict. I just let him bash each other. You could call it Burfict Strangers. <laughs> no. Good stuff. Uh, Ravens no. linebacker and Facebook juggernaut Terrell Suggs is believed to have suffered a torn bicep in Baltimore's loss to the Giants. Per Ian Rappaport, per a source informed of the situation. Well, I'm glad this source is informed of the situation. This guy who was not informed, we asked him on this. Uh, uninformed situation. Here's Joe from Bagstown. Terrell Suggs, my favorite guy that I like every single post on Facebook's Idiot. He's a football player? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's undergoing more tests as we record this podcast, so we'll probably have more news when this is up. So all this conversation is futile, but obviously Suggs being out is is a huge loss for the Ravens' defense up front. Yeah, you could really say that Suggs. <laughs> Mate, that was better than your perfect one. Anyway. True. Maybe we need two different drops for when there's a joke. Like, if I make a joke, then you can decide yeah. if it's good. Very, or... very punny. Or something we can hit a good, like, a, a drop where if it's a good joke, you can hit an actual laughter one. And if it's a bad one, you could do, like, a... You know, <laughs> subtle sarcasm laugh, fake yeah. laugh. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Michael Bennett, uh, he had an MRI on his knee after taking a hit from Jake Matthews. He it came back clean. He's expected to start week seven against the Cardinals. Bennett went down in the third quarter. He got a low cut block, and he called it dirty. He called Jake Matthews out f- from the hit. Your thoughts on on low cut blocks from offensive linemen on these on these defensive well, linemen. they were told the beginning of the season that they were going to watch this far, far more closely. And I know that it's not an offensive lineman, but last week against Detroit, Sproles got pulled up for one. Sproles. Wow. Sproles is probably normally tackling him because the guy's, you know, two foot eight. But doesn't Sproles just come up to the knee of most players? Well, like someone was rushing through, and I can't remember what it was, but uh, like it's like a chihuahua trying tell, to tackle he, you a could great tell He was just like. <laughs> I'm going for it. And he got done for it. So if they're picking up like sprawls and things like that, you've got no chance as an offensive lineman. But yeah, they're definitely looking into it. But it is, it's not, <sighs> dirty is tough because mm. it's such a, in the trenches, it's just like not anything goes because, you know, there's most penalties come from the trenches. Yeah. But Especially the 27 today. <laughs> that was a flag fest and I know, a ball it's, fest. It's holding and then you're like, oh man, like, yep. come on. Jeez. Terrible. You mentioned the Sproul thing. I'm just imagining like a Jack Russell trying to play, like bring down a St. Bernard. <laughs> uh, he's got the energy of a Jack Russell, though, Darren Sproul. I know. He's uh, all right. Cam Newton didn't feel like talking following the Panthers' 41-38 to loss to the Saints on Sunday, deciding to cut his post-game press conference short after just over a minute. By unofficial estimates, that's 59 seconds shorter than his Super Bowl 50 post-game press conference. 
Newton replied to six questions with very brief answers before saying next question in response to a reporter asking about his frustration level. After one more, he was asked again about his level of frustration. He said next question again, and then he just left in the middle of the next question. Yeah. Thoughts on his demeanor or, or, or what? Uh, there's going to be a lot of hot takes on this, just well, scolding hot takes during the week. To, like Super Bowl one, heartbroken. You Plus, know, you could hear the winners' press conference. Yeah, the winners' press conference. They asked him, you know, questions in regard to like some dicey issues. Not dicey, yeah. but you know, like yep. coming off a Super Bowl loss, questions yeah. that you don't want to ask him. You just like no. you questions that like are able to be answered are like you know like what are you gonna what do you take from this yeah. kind of thing? Like how are you gonna bounce back? Like that is a thing that you no, know, not a cliche answer. They're easy to answer cliche Lee, yeah. if that's not that's yeah, not way. but. This kind of press conference, it wore thin on me, and it was just kind of like, I know that you performed well, and he played brilliantly. Yeah, and in the podcast, I said I wasn't, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Cam. Like I'm admitting fault here that you know I doubted you, but um, yeah, no, he stepped up. The offense played well, and it was obviously the defense that yep. let him down. And then I feel like a little bit as well. Like I'd rather players show some emotion, whatever that emotion is, in frustration. And I'm fine with him answering the questions the way he did. I, I'm not really happy with him just walking out, though. But ask some better questions. Like, some of those repeated questions and just stupid questions. I'll ask him about what Greg Olson just said. And he said, well, Greg Olson just answered that question. Why do you need my response on what Greg Olson said about the offense playing well? Like, that's just a redundant question. Yeah, that's like then going... So, Luke Keekley, um Cam Newton just replied to... Greg Olson's Greg question. Olson. Um, do you have any comment? Yeah. Feels like Chinese whispers. They're trying to just mold some sort of word about teammates. I feel like they, sometimes these reporters get set up, but there's still some really good reporters in that room asking legitimate questions. You just there's also a whole heap of bad, bad ones in there. But I feel like Cam's not a bad guy. Like he's a good guy. You just have bad days. You just have off days. Look at just, but he has a lot of off days, Josh. I thought he played very, very well. No, just, not 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 playing wise, emotionally. Yeah. He has a different temperament like he, than a lot of guys. Emotionally, and... you have a roller coaster. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve. So when they win, you're going to get a nice, energetic, flamboyant cam. And when you lose, you're going to get someone that's very upset and not happy to talk you know about what? it. He's, he's Say... a sore loser, but he's a great winner. Saying the whole thing, I still would rather Cam Newton over OBJ. Yeah, well, I'm, for me, the whole kicking net story arc is uh, annoying. I don't want a second season of that. That was a three-episode... Rom-com, sitcom, whatever you want to call it. It was funny last week where he kissed the net and then this week he carried on with it too much. Yeah, and mate. then he took his helmet off, which got them a penalty and nearly... Mate, the, he, the Ravens nearly scored. He made love to it. Yeah. Is that legal? To a net? I wonder I if a net has... Uh, a net technically is protection. Uh, a net, uh, I wonder if she's made a statement. Well, the Just, net has shown that I feel like she we should call. Herself. I feel like we should call her a net instead of the net. Because a net just gives her a little bit more personality. Yeah. Puts a... Puts a name to it, Annette. Annette, but uh, that's weird. a love story. That's a love story. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. Look, the Cam Newton stuff first take just was buzzing and it was hot takes all week. He walked out again on his press conference yesterday. Got to grow up, son. Got to man up. Quit being a baby. Uh, the hot takes a bit too much for me. Hey, Woot, have you heard of Moneyball.com.au? Have I heard of Moneyball.com.au, Australia's first daily fantasy site down under? You've heard of daily fantasy sports in the States. Now, Moneyball has brought it to our shores. With daily NFL contests, it's like a new season every day. If you don't win, don't worry, there is always tomorrow. 
moneyball.com.au. All right, moving on, some uh, other talking points from week six. Should coaches be allowed to challenge pass interference calls? Because the Julio Jones non-call cost us a... It was a wild finish to begin with, but it felt like that could have moved Atlanta up the drive. It wasn't guaranteeing Atlanta a win at all. They still needed to make a few more yards, and Seattle's defense was playing really good on that drive, and they still needed to kick a field goal, at a long field goal at a windy CenturyLink field. So... There's a lot of factors in it, so it's not necessarily cost them the game, but it did really cost them a chance to win the game. Yeah, all right. Well, you know how they all players are reviewable inside the two minutes and things like that? Yep. It should be able to be changed on, like, it should yeah. be able to be changed like that. Yep. If it's clear cut, like something like that, we're not, not, I don't want to go into the whole yep. penalty waiting thing. Yep. I don't want to go into that. That could be a whole episode on its own. Yep. But in regards to players like this, that are crucial to the outcome of the game. This should be reviewed, and then they can you know, they can just look at it and look at it, look at it. no matter what the decision originally was on the field. They should be able to reverse something like this. Yep. It shouldn't it shouldn't come down to a coach's challenge. No, it shouldn't. I feel like, yeah, I I, I feel like maybe the coaches should be allowed to do it inside the last two minutes of each half or something. Yeah, but if that, you have a challenge left, but I don't all, want to give them more. All players are reviewable. Yep. All players are reviewable, but not players that uh, pass interference and things like that. Yeah, it should just be made reviewable. Yeah, yeah. It because it was clear holding. Yeah, and I know that you don't want to slow the game down anymore. Yeah. Flags are—they kill you. They just sucks the game. Oh, it does. Drive, but in this en- case, enthusiasm. Yeah. But things like this need to be. Yeah, but... in this case, in the rare case where it really costs a team a game, it, it's tough. It doesn't happen very often, but calls like this and penalty stuff's the reason why you we watch, we you watch though. we jumped off rugby league for the same thing because there was just too many stupid refereeing having too much power. Yeah. And now it's just all about the bunker. But anyway, yep. the you watch something, a massive play is going to be decided at two minutes and one second, and then it's not going to be reviewable. Yeah. And then it's just going to be like, <laughs> what the hell? Yep. What, yeah, they could have that. But <laughs> it it was really harsh. And Pete Carroll said after the, after the uh, game, he said it was incidental. It wasn't. No, that's coach speak. I'd say the yeah, same thing. Yeah, I'd say, if anything, Julio fouled Sherman. That's what I'd say. Sherman said, uh, I mean, I thought there was interference on offense on a few players, and they didn't get it. He said, the rest just let us play. It was one of those games. And then asked if he thought he got away with that one. Sherman said, no, I feel like we won the game. Right. <laughs> it's a great quote. Mike Pereira thought it was blatant PI for all those playing at home. He said, it's tough, but you have to make that call. Yeah. So oh, it, it is tough on the rest, especially when you're at, like, you're in Seattle. Like the fans would just be nuts if that cost them the game. It is a s- scary thought where you, you, we don't know if, do you reckon refs get death threats and stuff? I think they'd get them all the time. I know in soccer, they're huge, especially across well, South, in South America. Well, in South America, like yeah. refs have been killed. They're, they're, they're just sent bullets in the mail and they're, they're, their family it's members are kidnapped. And it's stuff. 2016. Um, Seriously. Yeah. Saying, saying that, not wanting to get into it. Yeah. Falcons can hold their head up high. They play man, well against absolutely, a defense man. that they, they thought they were going to They be. are a legit team. It's um, crazy. It's awesome. That was probably one that you were the most wrong on. That, that oh, was, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm moving on. It's like I've, me, I apologize. You know, it, was, said, it was like me know. last year with Washington. So, 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 so wrong. But look, that's, you know, we do this podcast. Man, we I put ourselves out. I the offense. I doubted the defense. And the defense yeah. is playing fine. They played okay. They're, they're like a bottom 15 or 16, which is fine when you have this offense, so the way it's playing. Bottom half. Team. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to put them They're in the like top half. like a bottom 25 team. <laughs> anyway. But uh, Matt Ryan's third quarter, I just want to say, I still think he is in the in the running for the MVP, but I think Russell Wilson could be a guy down the stretch now. I think their offense, Seattle's ticking along really, really well on uh, both sides of the field. Mate. 
I think week 10. Week 10, Seattle play New England. I feel like that's just a Super Bowl preview right now. That'd be, good. I, that'd be a good Super Bowl rematch. It would, like, mm. when you want to see teams, like, recently that have had a Super Bowl, uh, you know, game against each other, you yep. want, and you want to see them get back there, that's definitely a game. But in week- like, like so many people wanted the Patriots and Giants to get back there. Mm, exactly. Same thing. Yeah, and week 10, though, it's, it's a huge advantage to New England because it's at home and they've had the bye the week before. Mo- you know what, though? Most, most people do want to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's just like the ultimate. Oh, it's the, it is the ultimate. Yeah. Like you beat the best quarterback and coach combo in history. Like that's that's a in huge this, win. Yeah. And for Seattle, like that's going to be a massive revenge game too, given what happened at the end of the last God, time they played. Though if that happens and the Patriots win. Imagine if, imagine if they uh, try to run it in and they don't have Lynch. Or Lynch just rocks up for that game, makes himself active. Oh, amazing. Mate, Pete uh, Carroll could have ran that in. Anyway. <laughs> Mate, that's because Pete Carroll is just the Zen master. The guy looks incredibly fit. By the way, I just want to mention, I've never seen uh, Qu- Dan Quinn so irate on the sideline. The guy was just like... I would be mad too. He looked like some of the, those whack-a-moles popping out. Every time he jumped up in the air, it was, he was going incredibly insane. I've never seen it, but it was an interesting watch. And and then from that game as well, did you see Richard Sherman just in Cam Chancellor going at each other on the sideline after they gave up that Julio Jones touchdown? Yeah, the... Um, I don't know. There was so there was so much to be angry about, really. <laughs> Sherman Sherman was legitimately nuts. He had to be held back from Cam Chancellor. He has got a lot of cojones to go at Cam Chancellor. That guy is a freak. Who would you take in a fight? Would it be Chancellor over Sherman? No, I think um, you take Sherman. I'd take Sherman because I think Sherman could talk him over. Sherman's crazy. Sherman's a smart man. Very very crazy. This man is a beast. Dak attack. Dak Prescott v Tony Romo. Legitimate. Origin- We've talked about this before, but I just feel like now it has a lot more merit. Yeah, I take back what I said last week when I said it could never happen. <laughs> just don't listen to last week. Click it's- on, it. click on it. Give us the click and the download, but don't listen to it. Well, essentially, <laughs> I I wrote the script too early. I thought that you know it could it would be competitive. I didn't rule the Cowboys out. I said they could win. However, I thought at Lambeau, Rogers could turn it around, and you know if a game actually means something to someone. Like, they could have came away with that, and that could have been a real statement game, but, you know, we've all seen what happened, and the Cowboys rolled on convincingly. Yep. And now, Dak, the future's bright. If Romo goes in and they lose a game, it would undo so much of what they're... Like, the the role that they're on Mm. is just so... It's so good, Mm. and it's everyone... the, The city's buzzing. Everything's around this whole Dak and Elliot thing. It It helps that they're winning. And their defense course. is playing a lot better than people think as well. Yeah, and and this is without Dez, so it's it's terrific. And you know they've so they've got this O line, you know, locked up for a yep. while. They've got you know two young rookies who are on rookie contracts for a while, so that's yep. great. Who are playing well, and then they've got a defense that are full of just you know secondary is good. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're like their front seven is not like not strong. But their secondary is good that you get a lot of coverage sacks. Where yeah. like because there's not holes opening, we saw that in this game. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers in a second, but it allows your defense to finally get some pressure and get to the quarterback. Yeah, and then you've got Romo, who obviously doesn't have that many years left. But you could you'd still get a first round for Romo, right? I wouldn't trade him. I wouldn't trade him. Not are you talking this year or at the end of the year? At the end of the year. Okay, good. There's been some stupid, stupid stuff trading on him fa- now. That's ridiculous. Sorry. It is so. Dumb. But at the end of the season. You take offers. It depends how Romo plays. Like, I mean, if you get 2014 Tony Romo back, who was, in my opinion, the 
behind Aaron Rodgers. But he was the best. He was the second best quarterback in the NFL and he, that year. Before these recent injuries, he was healthy. Yeah. He, he's not an injury-prone guy in the past, yeah. and now he's got that label that he is. Yeah. After t- you know two seasons of mm. look, Dak played. Dak's played. That was his best game, I thought. Like it, not quarterback rating and and record suggest that it's not. But I feel like he made a lot more deeper shots. Like I feel like the first couple of games, he just does short passes. Was Alex Smith like? Mm. And you can get you're a game manager while Zeke runs right. This game he like made some really good drives. He was potent on one side of the field. I think deep right corner he was like nine out of nine. Like do you think like I think we've both medium fallen. to deep. I think sorry. we're both fallen trapped though that Green Bay's defense is better than I thought. I, I thought they were underrated. To begin the year, and now well, I think coming into this, and then now, now I feel like maybe they're overrated because they have they finally played a potent offense. Yeah, and but at the same time, maybe we were just building them up to be something that they would never. Yeah, were. I, f- I still think their defense is like okay, but I just feel like th- this Dallas offensive line is probably the best, or well, apart from Minnesota's defense, maybe the best thing about the NFC. Like I feel like it's just you know. Like when you play Dallas, you know what they're going to do, but you still can't stop it, which I find crazy. Which is why you marvel at Big Ben and Antonio when Le'Veon's out, because that was the only funnel that they could attack, and people still could not stop it. You know that they're going to come in and try and dominate you at the point, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's so good, man. It's it's so good, but I still would play Romo if he gets back. I just feel like if you get peak Tony Romo, this team could be undefeated. And when you you're play saying, a tough, you're saying peak Romo. Romo comes in, loses. Do you put Prescott straight back in? But the point is, like, he could play incredible. Because the first game back is possibly oh, going to be against Philly, so it's going to be a, a, a rivalry. I don't, think, I don't think he play. I think they're targeting the game against Cleveland. Yeah, of course. And why wouldn't you? But yep. at the same time, if Dallas goes into Philly, or what? I'm not sure if it's a home or away game. Should know, but yep. If they you know go up against Philly and then Prescott wins convincingly against a rival, yeah. You still put Romo in. I st- yeah, I still... Yeah, This game against Philly is going to be huge. D- Dak v. Wentz is going to be fun. It's going to be hella fun. You know Sunday what, night football. That's all it's going to be. I know, and it's it's probably not. It should be this front seven and, and Jim Swartz against this offensive line. That's where it's going to be won. But oh, they'll, they'll dominate. I feel like if Romo comes in and they lose, but he could still play amazing and lose. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so much goes into a win and loss. Like, I don't think it comes down to quarterback wins. I know it's important, but I just think... I don't know. Give me the guy that when they were down, you know, one to eight points when he played in 2014, he completed 74 of 101 passes, had 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 136 in the fourth quarter. I know that when is, they're down, that's unbelievable. Is, no, it's unbelievable. But there's been far more instances of collapses in the fourth than there has been games like that. Mm. And this is after those injuries, and it's in 2014. Yeah. I'm, so, a suck, I'm a sucker for Tony Romo, though. But I, I'm, I, I think yeah, he's a great quarterback, yeah. too, but you're living in the past. I feel like they're in a good... I feel like this is a win-win situation for... Unless Romo comes in and plays badly. Then you lose his value. But I don't think they care about his value, to be honest. Like, I think they'd be happy if if they don't... If they can't trade Romo at the end of the year, then I don't think they care because it's not hurting their cap too much. So... If, because you've got Dak and Zeke, your two best players on rookie contracts, so you're not really in a huge Yeah, but hole. Think, think of the players you can get with Romo's salary. Yeah, but building a super dream team is always can always backfire. But da- I know Dallas love going after big free agents. Yeah, but you've got you've got players that you'll want to lock up sooner rather than True. later. Demarcus Lawrence and things like that are coming off, and, and Byron Jones. But <laughs> so you just named. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of player, but it, it's just I don't think they would trade. 
because if Dak goes injured, then you're back to square one. Like quarterbacks are so they're commodities. They're so important. Like to have a good backup is nearly more important than having like good right. defensive tackles. Do you know what I mean? Like having a good what? All right. Backup so you, when you're cr- playing, when you're um, I know injuries are sometimes just complete freak things, yeah, and they can trip over and yeah. break their leg. Yeah. But what what would you say is the number one reason for like a quarterback being hurt? Running. Running. Yeah. Like, or not not protecting themselves. Like you see, uh, people knock Peyton and Eli, but they if they see something coming, they just hit the deck. They hit the deck. But it, don't you think that avoiding uh, contact? Yeah, but don't you think like Dak runs, but he doesn't yeah. run that he's a, much. He's a, he's a very safe player with the ball in the hand, with the ball in the air, and he doesn't look like he's gonna. Yeah. No. Then what line is he behind? Yeah, he's behind the best line, but that didn't stop. That didn't help Tony. But Tony made a dumb run. Yeah. In preseason. Yes, true. But it was, yeah, that is true. I, I don't know. <laughs> he ran ahead first this is and a, got I, I feel like this is a good position. And Dak Prescott, I think if they do bring Tony Romo in, I just think if you bring Tony Romo in, I don't think he's going to be that bad. I think I think they're going to be patient with him and they'll bring him in when he's 100% ready. They're in a good situation now. They can just wait. I feel like the peak of Tony Romo, you've got to at least try and make sure you get there. I don't think if you... He's 30... Six, seven, eight-year-old yep. Tony Romo, his peak. Not his peak, but I think if you can get close to his peak, it's better than what Dak Prescott is through seven games in the NFL. But don't you think he's only just going to build on what he's doing? Mm, but I feel like a couple of weeks on the sidelines not going to halt that. Like he's still going to be in the team taking snaps during the week and and getting yeah. better as a footballer. By the way, I just think that's crazy that at the moment the Dak Prescott to Cole Beasley is probably the best combination in the NFC right now. Right. <laughs> Apart from, apart from Matt Ryan and Julio. But so good. I don't know. Let's put that on a poll. Dak, love, Dak love to Cole Colby's. or Matt Ryan to Julio? Who you got? I love Cole Who you got? <laughs> Crazy. It's a, it's a really good situation for, for them. But I don't know. I, I want to see Dak Prescott up against like Minnesota down 14. Like I want to see him when he has to really throw the rock. A good, a good whack. Like you're behind. He was, this was his toughest game to date, but he, he played well. No, he but, did. Yeah. All right, speaking of a quarterback doing the opposite of Dak Prescott, that's Aaron Rodgers. And we've been slow to blame him because it's so easy to throw quarterbacks under the bus. It's so easy. They're the most scrutinized position in sports, most talked about position in sports, most debated position in sports. And we've been very nice with uh, yes. not blaming Aaron Rodgers. We've been very generous to him. But now I think But it's, not today. Is it, is it time to finally blame him? Yes. What is not, wrong, not a thousand percent What, what is wrong him, with Aaron Rodgers? But... Um, yeah, well, we've spoken, um, I want to say nine. Was it nine, the number? Total total pressures? Not pressures, just... Mm. Yeah, the total times he yeah, was, was kind of blitzed or... Yeah, yeah, under pressure. Yeah, yes. nine times under pressure. In that's, the game. That's minute yep. in comparison to other games. And he, he played worse when he had time. It's unbelievable that, he's, that he has not, a better rating not under just pressure. just worse, so much worse. Yeah. Like, And then, <laughs> so he has plenty of time. The the pocket doesn't look even remotely like it's going to collapse, and he'll leg it, and he'll just run, and tr- it's just it's of it's course so some not credit has to go to the defense, but of course some plays the wide receivers might not be open, yeah. But every play, yeah. no, it, it's so weird that when you look at quarterbacks, right? Everyone's quarterback rating is like terrible when blitz, terrible when under pressure. Like we just talked about Dak Prescott, uh, he was when he was not pressured was one hundred and thirty seven point five, right? Great rating. Yeah. Felt falls to fifty one under pressure. Yeah. I feel like everyone everyone's running downhill. The only, and Aaron Rodgers is running uphill. Well the the <laughs> He like, prefers it harder. It's ridiculous. Well the same the same thing was last year. Big Ben and Sam Bradford yeah. both also 
played better yeah. when they yeah. were under pressure, which is weird. But at the same I time... I think Bradford's I, was a little bit fluky, but Big Ben is just legitimately no, like... I think they honestly are yeah. uh, yeah. just getting ready for it. They know yeah. they're about to be rushed and they yeah. complete it. So the... Um, I think Big Ben is a general exception to the rule because he just literally is a you clock look tower. At him He's a in, human clock You look tower. at him in the huddle before a play and you think, who's the dude out there? Yeah, Does, he, that's just he's honestly bigger than their left tackle, and their left tackle's great. Villon, no, great. He'd be a great interview because he's lived a hell of a life. Right, but that, anyway, that would be the definitive interview of all interviews. That he's, guy's lived it all. That's incredible. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's like he wants to be pressured. I feel like he prefers the play to break down. I don't know why. I, I think he loves. I don't, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I think, can't. I can't get into the mindset of it. But he do you just, just want. I think he's so used to pl- to scrambling and, and plays breaking down that he just thinks that he's better in that situation. You know what, though? I think maybe just the plays that he's made that he's become known for, like the Hail Marys and clutch plays like that, that just have come off. He wants to keep doing He's chasing the Yeah, like maybe, maybe we're so focused on those plays that he makes that have, he's made his name from mm-hmm. that maybe the the pocket hasn't been collapsing as much and we haven't been taking notice of it because they've been winning. Yeah. I feel like his best two throws of this season were in week one where the plays broke down and he made these incredible heaves against Jacksonville. So if they didn't come off? Yeah, I don't, they, I, I don't know. We just don't see him stand there and, and just... Like, there was, a couple, there was a couple where he put it in between. I think there was yeah. one he completed to Ty Montgomery where there was five defenders around him. And it was a great... But, like, they're, f- they're so few and far between. He, he used to have such a quick release of the ball. And, I mean, he now still he does, but, like... He used to just know exactly what he was going to do. And I know Nelson's gotten older. I know he had an injury. I know Cobb isn't the guy that we all thought he was going to be. But still, they're a wide receiving call that's so much better than what's out there. So he should be making those throws. The the, the plays are there. Yep. I know it's Cobb has the... been renowned for struggling to yep. separate and things like that. But come on. It's a, it's a whole combination of things. But now I think Aaron Rodgers is part of that. I think it's like... A 33% thing. 33% on Aaron Rodgers, 33% on these receivers, and 33% is on Mike McCarthy just not being creative and innovative. And I think they're stuck in a funk offensively. And I don't know if Mike McCarthy's the man to know how to fix it. So I think out of all... Bring I think (laughs) I think out of all those options, you, you can't just... Wipe your wide receiver slate clean. That's not a viable option. You just can't do it. You can't get rid of Aaron Rodgers because... On his day, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Mike McCarthy has got to go. I think, and it sounds brash, like, oh, let's sack the coach. But I think maybe if you, like, we've seen it with the Bills. They get rid of Greg Roman. Anthony Lynn comes in. Something refreshing just gets you motivated. You're fresh in your mind. Maybe there's something, some guy might come in with some new ideas and some new thought processes and, and some new energy. Yeah, might yeah, actually yeah. light a fire in Aaron Rodgers and, like, they might get creative with things and just start to get... Get into a more of a rhythm that suits Aaron Rodgers' game a little bit better. Yeah, and it's not that McCarthy's bad. He's still like no, a top fifty percent coach in the league. Yeah, but he's it's it's it has it's just become stale. sometimes it's time to sometimes you just it sounds like oh sake you know change for the sake of change. But we said this about Sean Payton and Drew Brees last year. Their connection's fine. Like they they did it. They won this game forty one thirty eight or whatever. They put up a, a huge mountain of points, but. Peyton showed that he can't fix a defense. They've been this exact same team for five years, and it's not doing anything. It's not going to win anything. You're heading nowhere. You're just going in. A, you're just going in circles. They needed to make the change last year with Sean Payton. Instead, they gave him an extension. It didn't work out. I think this time you need to just roll the dice here, bring in someone new, or bring in a new offensive coordinator, or something to try and just light a fire back yeah. at Aaron Rodgers well, because it's just there's, not. 
it's just when not you look working. at it, unless they improve, which you know they could this week, but yep. If you don't win against the Bears, that's a that's a trouble, and we'll get exactly. to that later. Exactly. So, like, if they were to lose that, there'd have to be something done immediately. Yep. But if you if you don't do something this week, and they could they could just be stuck in this, and there's nothing really else when you look at what they can do, then sack McCarthy. Yeah, I think that's the only option. You're, that's you're why you're not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. No, all the receivers. It's not. It's not silly. Although Ty Montgomery is a guy that I like, I think they need to give him a lot more players and a lot more snaps. Him and Janice. Yeah, Janice is good. Janice is fine, but I just, I don't know. And, and there's a stat from Pro Football Focus as well that he is too much time in the pocket. There was times there where he had no pressure at all. He averaged two and a half seconds with the ball in his hand. He got jittery in the pocket and took off with no pressure at all on four pl- on four different times. No pressure at all. Three seconds in, and it just runs. Like that's crazy. You put any like. Andrew Luck would love some time. He would love some time behind an offensive line like that. They're playing unbelievable. It's crazy. A whole other note, you get rid of Josh Sitton, and Nothing your offensive changes. line's still playing great. Yep, and Bear sucks. Taylor so, Lane's killing it. <laughs> nah. Um, or Lane Taylor. I still don't know whether well, it's the correct name. But we'll... It's Taylor Lane. Breaking. Terrible. All right. All right, so I don't know what the issue with Rogers, but I think now is it fair to give him thirty three percent, thirty three point three percent of the blame? It'll go up, no matter what, if they lose against the yeah. Bears. He's uh, now uh, tied with Blake Bortles for the least accurate NFL quarterback on passes twenty plus yards in the air this year. It's not a regression. It's it's just a slump, but it's hard to we evaluate. Can't, we can't say slump either. We just gotta. Cause, Look, yeah, because he's not that that awful. We've just got to see what happens. It's it's hard to evaluate because you don't want to say it's a regression. And, no, because the guy could come out this week and oh, put up. It. it wouldn't it wouldn't shock us at all. Like, no, we, I remember, we this is the Rogers we all I know. Remember, and... I remember when Rogers did it against the Bears like two years ago, where he put up. There was like they were up forty five something in the first half. It was ridiculous. It it was ridiculous. It's really hard to evaluate a player stuck in a rut. I, I think that's what we call it a rut because it's You're not right. a regression, but it's. It's uh, still feel like you see great, excellent plays from him. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. It's just it's really tough to see because when he's when he's playing really well, it's like an addiction to watch him because he just does these plays that you just drool over, where he has the incredible movement in the pocket, incredible arm strength, just floats it in the you know drops a ball into the bucket, and it's just it's just great. The ball into the bucket. Yep. Love the ball on the bucket. Hey, phrasing. Speaking of uh, quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick today was benched uh, in the twenty-eight to three loss to the Arizona Cardinals in a flagathon uh, Monday night football match. Geno Smith came in, didn't exactly light the world on fire, but I always it's always tough coming in down twenty-eight-three really and asked to heave the ball down the field and, and try and rally a your team. A good quarterback back. would win though, Josh. <laughs> a good quarterback. Would win. Sorry, I'm wrong. That guy. is correct. Obviously correct, but yeah. uh, it's it's a concern the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing this year. It's they yearn for him to come back. They sent out the SOS for Ryan Fitzpatrick to come back, and it didn't quite work. He's had zero touchdowns and ten interceptions in the second half this season. And the we already knew the absence of Decker would be huge, huge. Yeah, but it's really big. That's a, that, and it is. <laughs> they, they they really are really the depth behind Decker and Marshall is not ideal. Quincy and Numar is a fine role player, but he's not a like a number two wide receiver on the NFL roster yet. No, and uh, he has the he has the tools and the potential, but not yet. Just yeah, nothing. 
would you roll with Geno Smith? Uh, he has come out and uh, Todd Bowles has come out and said Fitzpatrick is our starter. But you know how how much worse does Ryan Fitzpatrick have to be before? I'll give him one more game. You think one more? Yeah, they've had a really tough schedule. We expected this from them given their schedule. It's been a really brutal schedule. It's the toughest. It's been the toughest start to you by any team. Uh, and we mentioned that in our previews for the season. We, we did. And we, we we expected it. I, I had them at one and. Five or zero oh and six at this point, so which is fairly accurate. But uh, they they play a Ravens team that's that's desperate as well, coming off some losses next. But then they go on a nice little stretch here with the Browns, Dolphins, and Rams. But they're still going to play the Pats twice. So maybe this is the season where they get a chance to really evaluate Geno Smith, because at the end of this year they need to make some decisions on what they do with the quarterback. They got four quarterbacks on the roster. What direction are they going in? They don't think Christian Hackenberg's ready, but they used a second round pick on him. They use a second round pick on Geno Smith. They need to do something. Hackenberg, they're always they're they're saying that he's still such a raw prospect, and, and he's awful he's, anyway. To be honest, <laughs> we don't know. Anyway, uh, he's. I mean, Brian Hoyer's been you know <laughs> okay the last couple of weeks, so anything's possible. To, to be honest, I'm the J- the Jets season's done. It is done. Well and truly done. It was so. done before a ball snapped with that schedule. I know. Well, maybe it is time to roll with Geno. To be honest, you circle this matchup. You play the Colts in December. Bring Geno out for that. That'll get. That's how you get a confidence yeah, that's, brewing. That's when you get Hackenberg out there and then <laughs> trade him. <laughs> you and trading stuff. You love trading. Love a good trade. You do love a good trade. But good uh, we'll wait and see how this pans out. So you reckon one more game? So if it puts up a stinker against the Ravens, do you trot Geno out against the Browns? Yeah, and then that's where that's you a chance where the Browns really get a chance to win a game if they play Geno. Ouch. But everyone talks about the Geno coaster. The Fitzpatrick coaster is just as bad. Is the difference really that much? Is it really that worth it? Uh, I, don't I don't know, man. I feel like you need to really see what you have. They given they haven't given Geno a real good red hot go in this Changali offense. Remember, he was pegged to be the starter last year before Ik and Impale punched him in the face. Well, which no. <laughs> unbelievable We're story. We've been the Jets' it. quarterback situation for far too long. We for have. A team that's... <laughs> One and five. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Uh, last little bit before we talk about Thursday night football. A uh, little bit of a division debate here. Is the NFC East the best division in football? Obviously, you're biased, but no team with a losing record at this point. Uh, it's it's quite impressive. Yeah, and despite Dallas looking the best, you wouldn't be surprised if any other team went somehow I'd ahead. I'd be pretty of one. shocked. Well, you would, but at the same time. I don't know. They might bring back this really awful quarterback, Tony Romo, and just go on a losing streak, Josh. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, it could happen. But we've also seen that, you know, we completely wrote off Washington last year. We wrote them off this year. They've won four straight. So, By the way, we wrote off the Bills and Redskins, and they've gone on four-game win streaks. <laughs> what a year. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it the, the Redskins have had one legitimate win, but they're four and two, and their legitimate win is their most recent. So you've got to really factor that in, that they're rolling and have built up for that. And the Giants started red hot, 2-0, and and they went on a little bit of losing streak and bounced back in tremendous fashion on the back of Odell Beckham. They, they're still a chance, and they're in fourth place. Any team. Would it shock you if three teams from this division made the playoffs, given the Green, yes. Bay, Green Bay is struggling? Yes. It would shock you? would, very much so. It's mm. You're looking at the NFC, obviously, look, Seahawks are going to be there, the Vikings are going to be there, the Falcons are going to be there, Dallas probably will be there. Where are your, where are your wild cards coming from? It's the, the Rams are back at 500 where they belong. 
even though Case Keenum looked like Joe Montana against the Detroit All defense. right, well, you've got you've got teams like the Cardinals that you can easily see, you know, going can on a run, run now. Exactly. Packers, you never ride off. Yep. Stafford and the Lions are a weird team. I feel team. like they deserve to be 3-3, three and three, though. I feel like they've been up and down, but I don't think they should have had a losing record. I'm glad they ended up winning that game against the Rams. Yep. And I know... You know, everyone wants to stick a fork in the Panthers, but you can't the, the, rule out the Panthers. Oh, and, what, yeah, they were one eight and eight two seasons ago, and then they went twenty two and two over that that last half stretch, and then last year. No, Jam- and look, we we talked about we'll talk about it briefly, but with Josh Norman, not a system of Carolina. He's proven that he is a legit wide receiver, uh, legit wide receiver stopper, and as a corner, James Bradbury is the only decent corner that Carolina had. He's been out a couple of weeks; they've been torched without him. So if they get Bradbury back. Maybe that helps the secondary a little bit, and Cam goes on a freakish run. But to be honest, it's tough I, to I see. don't think Bradbury's going to make that much of a difference. No, nah, but uh, he's clearly leaps and bounds their best corner at this point, um, which is really concerning. A, a guy they took in the third or second round that was considered a reach. But I think the NFC East might be the best division in football. The only team, the only thing I would consider is the AFC West, where they've just pill, they've just sort of pillaged each other there with the Chiefs beating the Raiders. The Chiefs are the most quietest three and two team in the NFL. Like no one's talking about them. They're a good team, but they they've always been like that. No one they don't play exciting football, but they're just a. It'd be good for a team like that to win. But they've got two four and two teams, three and two. Obviously, Chiefs are Chiefs are there, and then the Chargers two and four, probably the best two and four team in the country. Uh, they've they've scored twenty something more points. Than uh than they've allowed and they're two and four, charge a life, charge a life. Do you think the AFC West could be the best division in? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. We'll wait and see. I know what the worst division of football is. Mate, not uh, It's always been that way. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, we've got the Chicago Bears plus nine and a half at a dollar ninety-one, taking on the Green Bay Packers at no, uh, minus nine and a half at a dollar ninety-one. It's at Lambeau Field. We'll wait and see how all this pans out with Aaron Rodgers, but another home game against the Bears. The last time they played at home, though, the Bears spoiled the party. Brett Favre, Brett Favre's induction uh, into the Ring of Honor, and it ruined Brett Favre night. I've said it twice now. Did I start off his name? Uh, <laughs> Favre. 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 Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, it's 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 a game where we can easily what we just said before easily see Aaron Rodgers bounce back and on a big note in prime time under the lights. We've seen some absolute stinkers on Thursday night football though. I didn't mind last week's Chargers Broncos game though, to be honest. No, I'm all down with the Chargers because it was fun to watch Mike McCoy try and ruin that game. If anyone can do it, McCoy can. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, this game. I mean, ah, we've, McCoy, we've... you've done it again. <laughs> no. We've covered. Well, there's not much to say about the Chicago side, and in regards to. Um, Green Bay, we've covered it all. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's nine, hard to nine preview. Nine and a half's big. It's huge. It, it's a huge line. It's hard to talk about a game that's happening on Friday on a Tuesday night. Um, normally, the benefit of doing the pod on a Wednesday, it's up a little bit later. Everyone's looking forward to week seven sort of on the Wednesday rather than Tuesday. So it is a little bit early to, to look at some trends and where it can be won. But the Bears blew an absolute easy win against Jacksonville. They let them back in that game. You let Aurelius Ben score a touchdown. Aurelius... Ben, give me give me the Bears taking the Bears plus nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I think they. I, I agree with that. I think it could be interesting. The last two games between these two teams have been decided by eight, and one's been decided by four. So I know you can't go like you, that's just a trend. But saying that the you know quarterbacks different, everything's different. But they're competitive, and Green Bay. Uh, they're a boring team to watch. I know. Oh, they're, 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 they're very boring to watch. They're the Chiefs equivalent. But they they really say are. say. One word 
Not boring. <sighs> They're average. Thanks. No, no, that was, that's that was such a good word. I've gone. I can't. I, average. I, it's I, you know what? I reckon they're they're really having trouble finding out like their identity. They don't they don't know what kind of team they are. Mm. I feel like, but they. I just feel like when you look across the park, they should be a lot better than they are because the offensive line's playing really well. Don't I know you, the defense got don't you think, trod on by Dallas, but they're just killing everybody. No talk of like the whole Eddie Lacy um, weight thing. By the way, he left over <laughs> humans three times, which is unbelievable. The guy, you know, I'm inspired to eat junk food when I watch Eddie Lacy play. I'm like, this guy can leap over humans at 154 pounds. I don't need inspiration to eat junk food. Okay? Yeah, I, love I do. I love junk food. <laughs> but there's no talk about that either. But there's, but you look, they've got solid. They've got a solid defense. I know they just got pounded by Dallas, but their their defense is solid. It's not a liability. Not a massive liability. That's a lie. Their their offensive line is is very very good quarterback on paper is the best in the NFL. I don't understand how they're so boring to watch and traveling the way they are. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like an episode of his brother's Bachelorette. His butt. I gotta start doing squats. Bachelorette? Bachelor. They're still together. Bachelor? Bachelorette. 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 Jojo. That's it. Georgia Love this year. Sorry, I've been so confused. You've been watching? Um, thoughts partially. On, thoughts on Georgia Love. Just one word. Hubba. Hubba. <laughs> Together, it's all right. No, she's actually all right. She's got more... She's got... Mm. She's, anyway. I love a good hub. What's your favorite Hubba Bubba flavor right there? Grape, dude. Yeah. Grape I like the watermelon. That's pretty good. You I, d- I didn't... these days, right? You think after all these years, they would have learned how to make the flavor stay longer, because I feel like you chew on it like three times, and it just goes, right? Yeah, and you just want to swallow it so bad. You, you do, but it's just... You can't do it, man. You can't do it. I'm pretty sure my stomach's lined with other other. It's a disgusting and disturbing image, and that's one we'll end on. Who are you picking? We've, we've, given, bubbles, we've given no analysis on the Bears at all. I'll say this. Cameron Meredith's been a exciting player for them, I think. Does it sound crazy that actually losing Kevin White might be an upgrade? Because mm. I think Cameron Meredith's pretty Cameron good. Cameron Meredith is good, but at the same time, it's too early to write Kevin White off. The Ke- guy- Cameron Meredith, weird name. You've got Hoyer throwing you the ball, so we'll just go with that. But it's when you think about the possible, not free agents, but quarterbacks that may be out there next season available, you've got the likes of, uh, you know, you've got the likes of Cutler, who most likely will be moving on. I mean, we've been saying that for years, but... it's going to win a Super Bowl Carol- uh, with the Arizona guys. <laughs> just <laughs> letting you know. You heard it here first. Mate, Romo could go to Carolina. I mean, Carolina. Um, I don't know why. Arizona. Arizona. I don't know why I said Carolina, but yeah. Yeah. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Good job, yeah, no, You can see that happening. Yeah. I don't know. Damn, wouldn't that be smart? The Bears are dra- the Bears are definitely drafting a quarterback, but in this in this game, I just I can't see where... Look, we saw Dallas just overpower Green Bay's offensive defensive line with their offensive play. This this Bears line cannot do it, and... Uh, our buddy Justin Twell, he he did a poll on Twitter today asking if the Bears are the Browns of the AS, of the NFC, which is a concern if you have got a, a Bears supporter. And what did you and, say for this poll? I didn't I didn't vote on it. I just so no one did. I just interesting that uh, Justin Twell's gone very dark, very meta with his uh, Bears. He's gone a bit like me with the Colts. Um, so I'll, I'll look forward to what he says uh, on his next article about the Bears. But if he thinks they're the Browns of the uh, NFC, I'd be very very concerned. Please, Justin, send us a snapshot of that. The final result. I'd be interested yeah, to see those I'll, results. I'll, be interested. I'll, uh, I'll have a look. I might retweet it and see what, see what it gathers. But, 
Yeah, nine and a half is too high for me. I think I'll, I'll think I'll take the Bears with the points. Oh, you're everything. Oh, you're everything. <laughs> you know, this will be the day that Aaron Rodgers decides that he's out of his rut the minute we tip the Bears plus nine and a half. You know, this Rogers is going to happen. Rodgers ruins everything. <laughs> you know, you know that's going to happen, right? Um, yeah. It'd be great if it comes down to one of those Hail Mary plays and he pulls it off. That's wow. just, don't you reckon? That'll shut people up for a while. Rodgers is back. Yeah. All right. Well, we're both Put take- a fork in it. We're both taking Chicago plus nine and a half in Thursday night football. A very early mail. Uh, we'll wait and see if that line changes. What, what would it change to for you if it gets under a touchdown? Would you go switch to Packers? Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, let's under put a touchdown. It, yeah. If it gets to seven, yeah, I, I'd happily take the seven. And, and if it's a push, it's a push. But if it gets to six and a half or something like that, don't think it will. But we'll wait and see. Nine and a half seems insanely hard to me. We'll wait and see. Crazy, mate. Crazy. Same with Oakland. Right now, getting a point and a half against you, Jacksonville. You, you're, you're looking at it and you think, I'm picking the Bears at Lambeau to cover the nine and, and a half. half. When before, at the season started, you're like, oh, no. pray to I Jesus. Str- yeah. Pray to Jesus. The Chicago get a win. I know. But we'll wait and see. All right. All right. That's the show, man. We talked a lot about stuff, and I feel mm-hmm. like we didn't even touch on half the... Uh, Excitement from week six, but that's that's the NFL. There's just so much going on. That is correct. If you that's... want our opinions on anything, you can contact us on the Twitter machine. Yes, that's it. I am on JYNFL. I am on Woot, etc. You can follow the show at Woot and Y on Twitter. We're also on Facebook, the Woot and Y show. We're also on Instagram at NFL Podcast. You can listen to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Wooshka Radio Hub. And you can buy tickets to the Lunar Bowl at lunarpark.com. They're, they're selling quickly now. Seriously, get on it. <laughs>